America for 300 years has been the land of promise for the rest of the world. The land of new frontiers, new opportunities. Yeah, we can't you to get up. Clicking sounds, sounds that reveal the presence of radioactive rays. The instrument, a Geiger counter, is converting radioactivity into sounds we can hear. Welcome to Tank Riot, brought to you, of course, from tropical Madison, Wisconsin. This episode covers the Olympic Games. But first, an introduction. Victor. Hello. And of course, Tor. Hello. I am Sputnik. So, this is our first sports episode. I, I, I don't think we've ever done a sports show before. And, you know, I think part of the reason of that is is that I've always considered sports, really of any kind, to be more or less bread and circuses for the proles. You know, I mean, it just distracts. You, if, if, you're, if your alliance is to a team or a set of colors that has no meaning other than on Sunday night or sometime during the weekday, it keeps distracts you from, you know, focusing on maybe we should be destroying the government. <laughs> just my Hard feeling on it anyways. But being at the, you know, podcasting as we are from the heart of Scotty Nation, I feel that we have to address in some way the ongoing saga of Brittany Favre. <laughs> well, one of the greatest athletes of the 20th century. Oh, and one of the yeah. biggest douchebags of the 21st. <laughs> I, I Tor, had, Tor your opinion? I had to go to the bank today. Okay. So I had to walk downtown. So I thought, okay, I'll just have lunch at the plaza. So I, uh, you know, <laughs> that's a local eatery. And if you're ever here, oh, by oh, all yeah. means, it's got ask a fun, for lots get of plaza, the plaza sauce. sauce and just put it down your pants. <clears throat> that's right. It, the, the bar has a unique smell, but uh, it, it's actually, you know, it, it's kind of a simple but uh, very enjoyable burger. I don't get the plaza burger myself. Something about that sauce. Mm. But so I just ordered a cheeseburger and fries. Sat at the bar. Of course, they have the big TV at the bar. And what is it? It's the ESPN interview with uh, the Packers coach, uh, manager, and, you know, right. whatever. And they're having, you know, they're really getting into it, talking about the whole Favre thing. Yep. And and my thought is, you know, I, I, I don't think we talked this much about uh, – why we invaded Iraq. No, no, we, no, we did not. We and you know what? Not. When I walk into my office, I don't say anything to anybody, but someone comes up to me immediately and said, did you hear? Yeah. Oh, geez. <laughs> it's been every day for the last two weeks. Did you hear? Exactly. Like, what? He might be coming back. Did you hear? What? Aaron Rodgers is going to be the starter. He might not come back. Did you hear? They offered him a $20 million don't work contract. Did you hear? Like, I don't even need, I mean, something They're fighting happens. to the death for in a cage match to see who's going to start. <laughs> yeah. Thunderdome. There can be only one. Master but, Blaster. But something happens before I go to bed, and then on my way to my office, I, I, I never know what the latest is. But I heard the latest today as we are recording on Thursday, August 7th. Yes. Brett Favre will be a Jet. 
A jet. Bart Favre. Yeah. Mr. Favre. And I think he has his own jet, so that kind of fits. Oh, God. He flies into Green Bay yeah. on his private jet, and there's all these boneheads. It's like, we love you, Brad. Please come back. You'd swear to God, Christ mm. came out of the clouds. <laughs> Why yeah, don't we just yeah. send him like a stamp collecting kit or something? Can you not think of anything to do? Okay, I'll tell you what honks <laughs> me about this. <laughs> I would have loved to have been 38 years old and retire. Just retire, period. Yeah. But then you're a legend. Okay, you did the little weepy thing at the the conference. Yeah, you did everything. After, of uh-huh. course, your usual March Princess and the pee run, like, well, really, or won't he? I can't seem yeah. to decide. Well, then, <laughs> you so offered then, 20 mil to stay down. Oh, God. CNN Sports, <laughs> they did the best thing. They showed, like, a, you know, because if, if a story is ongoing enough, they'll just do a montage and give it its own theme song. So they have Brett, you know, sobbing at the conference, and then they play Celine, Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On. <laughs> And I think that nails it. But, okay, to, to, to retire at 38, but then they offer him 25 mil just to sit on his hillbilly Louisiana ass. Mm. And, oh, no. Marketing deal. No, yeah. I, I have to come back. There are things I haven't done yet. You know what? You got to watch Rollerball, Brett. Because you know what, Brett? No one's bigger than the game. Well, you know, that's the thing. Exactly. Brett decided he was coming back regardless. He was pushing to retirement a little early. He, you know, he... All football players basically want to retire after they watch another team win the Super Bowl. And then a month or two later, they start to realize, you yeah. know, oh, whoa, well, I got to get the back ball. in this. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I can see him making up his mind, but but the team had moved on. You know, yeah. they wanted him to retire. They were happy with him retiring. Then they moved on. Well, they wanted him to make a decision one way or another. And he well, did. Then, right. Then they say, oh, geez. Yeah. And they went with it. Talks with the coach and general manager don't go well. Well, yeah, because he called him a liar because he's like, yeah. oh, he's forced. And it's like, did you not understand what mm-hmm. retirement? Uh. It really seemed like he was not in the mood to come back and play for the Packers, even though it seemed like McCarthy would have let him compete for the job, whatever that cage dome thing would have yeah. been like. But you know, I don't know how you'd actually do that, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it seemed a little more on him that he just wanted to get traded. And you know, I'm fine with that. But I hope uh. glass jaw Aaron Rodgers manages <laughs> to stay in a game or two this season well, and, and does yeah, a good yeah. job. All I'm saying is, is that Jesus, if you got to still have a th- okay, Nolan Ryan might be able to throw 105 mi- mile an hour heaters into his 40s, but if you can retire and you're in relatively good health from the NFL, hey. It's all gravy. Right. No, so you're going to get some 400 pound linebacker that's going to make his mark by taking his spine out. He's going to be taken out in the next year or two. Uh, I just don't think at that age you can really keep getting. And, and, you know, they did beef up their offense on the Jets, but he's going to get hit a lot this year. He's playing with a new team. He's playing in a new system. And they're not not hip to the Favre legend. Yeah, it's going to be hard for him. Luckily, the Packers do not play the Jets. At all this season, unless yeah. it goes into championships and Super Bowls. So Super Bowls. Super Bowls. I'm sorry. Yeah, Bowl. because Jets yeah. are AFC. So oh, yeah, it would have with, to be in the Super with Bowl. With Brett there, I'm sure he'll take the Jets to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I know. Yeah, right. But whatever. Someone you from know. the AFC has to go. Fuck Brett Favre. I'll just be happy <laughs> that they don't meet, and maybe these ships will pass, and it will, it'll be a quiet end to his legacy. Mm-hmm. It's too bad, though. Whatever. His legacy, yeah. it's, I mean, he's just lucky we're not doing a douche update. <laughs> You know? He's lucky he's not in our. His stock has gone down. Oh, you think? Nation, oh definitely. God! It's like, yeah. ooh, ooh. could I? Oh, not not universally though. There are still some morons. It's like, oh yeah, Thompson, Satan, uh, McCarthy is the devil. And it's yeah. Like, yeah, why? But give me a break. This guy's got no loyalty to uh, to to anything other than 
um, I don't know if I'm the most important thing in the NFL today, and I'm I'm concerned about that. <laughs> Obviously, we're in Wisconsin because one of the major research institutes did a poll on Favre's popularity, and it was 79 were for, and only 7% said they were against. And and now after all this drama, 47 were for, and 35 were against. And I'm like. <laughs> What is he running for president? Are you talking about his foreign <laughs> policies? I mean, yeah. he's a football player, you know. And well, back when he was seventy-four percent, he could run for governor. Yeah, no kidding. But he did. Well, you know, and then and there's there's the lesson, kids. Don't look up to athletes. They're meatheads. <laughs> yeah, they're kids with hyperthyroid. Yeah, you know, I mean, don't try to yeah. put them on some sort of pedestal because just like and give me the ball. That's the problem. There, we have a fan at work that really picked up on the Packers uh, towards the end of Favre's career, and and she didn't follow him before that, so she, she doesn't know what it's like to go through big changes. I mean, to, to have a quarterback mm-hmm. controversy. I mean, when I was in college, was the last time there's really a quarterback con- controversy. I remember. Uh, uh, debating with my friend, and he's like, "We've got to put in Dillwig, Dillwig." <laughs> I don't remember even Dillwig. He was <laughs> so that's you know, it, it's it's a different time, but um, I think we've lost all our international listeners already. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What well, you know what? Okay, speaking of pedestals, <laughs> pedestals. Yeah. Let's get back to the Olympic Games. That's right. Starting, of course, in ancient times. <laughs> Where they always talked like this. In Greece. <laughs> First started by Hercules. That's right, Minnesota's own Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> well, of course, you know, the Greeks, um, second only uh, to the Irish as far as bullshit, uh, yeah. said that the Olympics were begun by Hercules. Right. And he, he walked off 400 paces, and that was the um, size of the Olympic Stadium. And, of course, the track now, you know, one lap mm. is 400 meters. So Hercules was a big guy. Yeah, great myth yeah. to make after you've made a stadium and said, uh, this yeah. is uh, yeah, this is what Hercules, Hercules did. Hercules made this <laughs> while you were sleeping, yeah. Now, what was that, about 700-something or another B.C.? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I believe I believe uh, that was uh, 776 uh, B.C.E., before Common Era. Okay. We don't say the C word anymore. So well, it was actually a Jesus. <laughs> the whole group was the Panhellenic Games, and it was a whole series of games that kind of every year there'd be something basically going on. Mm-hmm. And then the Olympics were one of the four major competitions that were That's going right. on at the time. And there was, well, I mean, Greek, uh, Greek. Greece at this time was uh, a collection of city states, and this was a very unifying element. And in fact, one of the, um, you know, the, the major concept of of a truce or peace while these games went on also with uh relig- you know paired with religious ritual as well a lot of pagan ritual mm-hmm. um it was a it was a very big thing in the peninsula because it brought a lot of these you know very warring city states together and of course uh we didn't have corporate sponsors so the athletes were nude <laughs> <laughs> That's right, bare ass naked. Well, I think they were naked as part of the celebration of the physical body kind of thing. No, well, right. no, maybe they did have corporate sponsors with just a more savvy marketing department. What are you going to write it on your ass? <laughs> well, the, I well, suppose grease pencil. Something. I'm just. <laughs> well, the word, the whole, the whole word gymnasium comes from the word naked. So I mean, oh. it's obviously part of the. There you go. Part of the deal. 
<laughs> but you know some some people weren't um completely naked um there were some people who wore a thing called a kinodesm or desmi i can't really pronounce it really jack strap yeah it's like uh or well, it translates so... into dog leash and it's a way of tying your penis <laughs> well you don't want mr <laughs> you know you don't want mr winky flapping around while you're you know no, doing the don't want him getting in the way <laughs> It's just like, oh my god! One more yeah. thing for the wrestler to tug on. Yeah, yeah. Hey, especially hey, if look. it really hung. So. Hey, check out the pull toy from Athens. <laughs> Yikes! Well, the Spartans, you know, pretty much always kicked ass because, well, they were the Spartans, mm-hmm. and this is kind of what they did. Well, and that's the mm-hmm. thing: is women weren't allowed to com- uh, Women were allowed to compete. There were there were different games for women, but the Spartans. In in Sparta, they would have women fighting and training and boxing right alongside the men, wearing right. next to nothing as well. And they thought that was also might have been part of the, uh, you know, get them ready to breed and you know have children and or after the games or whatever. After the games, <laughs> yeah, right. And married women weren't even allowed to attend the Olympics. There was this thing that uh, maidens could go, but I believe married that's still women true. couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are held in China this year, so we'll that's see, right. We'll China. See, see if any women are thrown off of a cliff. For you attending. know, I don't. I don't think that we've seen this. <laughs> we're going to see this much propaganda since the '36 Berlin Olympics. Yes. I think that was the last time. It's like, hey, why don't we give that country, <laughs> you know, the whole world's focus? People are now calling it China's coming out party. Coming out is what? Yeah. <laughs> well, we're jumping ahead a bit. So, well, no, I mean, not really, because tomorrow, well, 888. Yes, we are the beginning yeah, recording of the this games. on the eve of the game. Well, that's right. But, yeah, I mean, we should talk about. We should stay in the uh, at least 600 BCs for a while. Yeah. No. <laughs> going chronological order here. Look, Tor, don't be a Captain Bring Down. <laughs> Captain, I'm just. I'm sorry, I'm just trying to be organized. <laughs> I just want structure, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> so. The um, oh, and stop giggling. We've had letters about. All right, that. all right, I'll stop. <laughs> <coughs> no way. Who's right? Who's writing about giggling? Yeah, really. Oh, okay. Well, the carry game, on. The games went on actually uh, for a number of centuries, and and were very popular. Uh, they died out in the Roman period, uh, mainly because of the rise of Christianity and because of the pagan ceremonies that were held during the games. That really you know, tweaked everyone's early yeah. Christian hiney. It was Theodosius the first who dropped the games as a pagan ritual and, and that's when the Roman Empire basically split, never to be repaired again. I believe it was the earlier late... Emperor Biggest Dickus. Biggest <laughs> <laughs> I have a great friend in Womb named Biggest Dickus. <laughs> What's so funny? <laughs> he has a wife, you know. <laughs> yeah. But the, anyways See, that, was, that was nice that Christianity tore apart the spirit of peace and Oh games. well, yeah, you know, monotheism, <laughs> yeah. catch it. But but it wasn't all peaceful. Some of these some of these wrestling contests were really really violent. Um, there was one I was reading about called Pancration. Have mm-hmm. you heard of that one? No. It's it's a type of wrestling that um, the only rules basically were, were you can't gouge out your opponent's eyes, <laughs> and uh, you you will get beaten by a ref with a stick if you do something too violent. And one of the most wow. yeah one of the most famous things and and the there are there are no breaks or anything and the winner wins when a combatant surrenders loses consciousness or dies. Nice. So, yeah, and that's the way it was. Well, there's a famous famous battle in 564 <laughs> BC, and this is our 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 Haitian of I don't know Phil Jalia, um, and I'm sure our Greek listeners are going to be writing in now. But anyway. 
he was wrestling with his opponent, and according to the, the legend and the story of this, this battle, the opponent had a grip around his waist and was going to put an arm around his neck and choke off his breath and slipped his legs through his groin and wound his feet on the inside of his legs, pulled him back, and was choking him to death, basically. Wow. And what happened was he... um. He managed to catch that his uh, opponent shifted his weight off one foot, and he ripped and fell over onto his opponent, causing his uh, ankle to get totally dislocated. And so he broke his opponent's ankle, basically. And the opponent um, surrendered the competition. And at the same time, um, Arcation died. And this was his third gold medal victory that he won on his deathbed. <laughs> wow. So he died and still, and he was awarded the olive branch, which is what you want at the time, um, right. which was put on his head in death. Jeez. So that's hard cheese. That is very hard yeah. cheese. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think he's got one of the very first uh, chapter or statues to victory is in his name. One of the earliest recorded statues of victory is, <laughs> is of that character. <laughs> Somewhat of a cold victory, but nonetheless. I know, I know. That's brutal. Yeah. And then the Greeks even decided to do a pancreation event for um, boys aged 12 to 17. I don't know if I'd let my kid compete in that uh, game, but super grappling. Oh, God. Yeah. So, yeah, but, well, I mean, the olive branch is is uh, a sign of hope and peace, and that, that was really in keeping with the spirit mm-hmm. of the games. Of course, even at that period, there were incidents with doping, you know, using ox poop. <laughs> no, 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 there wasn't. <laughs> I think you were going to start a, a meme there. <laughs> if you eat ox poop, you will achieve... There probably victories. was doping. I mean, don't kid yourself. There was it was probably going on even then. But yeah, their, their major reward wasn't the olive, you know, the olive branch they would get. But then they'd go back to their hometowns as they'd be welcomed as heroes, and then they'd right. you know be posing for paintings and statues, and they'd be they'd be famous celebrities just like now, you know. Right. They'd be on the Wheaties box and like Brett yeah. Favre, you can retire and just be a poser. <laughs> you can just be a poser. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have said that. God will strike me dead. Well. I think we can move to more modern times because... So it was killed in 300 AD, 380 or so AD. Yeah. And then... Yeah. That's when Theodosius... <laughs> he... Well, basically, that was... <laughs> He, he was the first emperor to, to make Christianity the state religion. Right, and there were a lot of problems with that because there were so many different beliefs about, well, is Jesus just as good as God, or are God and Jesus uh, the shoe, God the above <laughs> Jesus? You know? Yeah, was, How do you was rank Jesus him? a man-God or a God-man? Yeah, so there were a lot of Christological ghost? sects going on at the time, and he was the one who chose one and kind of moved forward. Well, I mean, he, he essentially put uh, Roman organizational order on Christianity. And I mean if you go into a high a Catholic high mass, you're essentially looking at a Roman imperial court. You know, so I mean it it, it Christianity was chosen by the Romans because it was a way to shore up their failing organization, you know, and and that's that's really the only you know thing you can say about that, but of course the games as well as many um Pagan shrines were destroyed at that period of time because they were you know, essentially just trying to start over. Mm-hmm. So the games were essentially dead for many centuries until the 19th century when it was um, brought back in um, 1859. In um, Well, actually, there were some weirder local games done in England 
you know, like in 1850, they had these Olympian class games. And, you know, I got to be thinking, really? <laughs> so, yeah. realistically, the Olympic Games, as we might recognize them, uh, were probably more revived by a, a, a Greek uh, philanthropist called Evangelos Sapaz. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he made it international. Yeah, there was a poem written in the mid-1800s called Dialogue of the Dead by a Greek poet. I couldn't find it. <laughs> Haiku to a pig yeah. fucker. I could not find it. <laughs> Dialogue of the Dead. I wanted to see what, what was this poem that people at the time were reading going, oh, yes, we should bring back the Olympics, definitely, based on this poem alone. <laughs> it was like Wasteland, only more intense. <laughs> this is the way we... <laughs> so they end up having the... The first modern Olympics in a... Which is, which is to say, to have, to invite the international community. And, of course, they held it in Athens as, you know... Yeah, Greece is a good place to start And, of course, it. at that period of time, too, there were a lot of discoveries, um, archaeologically, of ancient cities uh, such as, uh, you know, Schliemann and Troy and so forth. Mm-hmm. And they essentially just read these ancient poems and, you know, figured out where things were. So this was very yeah. much in people's minds. So, so they're probably picking up on the history of the Olympics that they didn't really know before. Right. And, yeah. and the Olympic stadiums were, you know, kind of restored and so forth. I mean, not not uh, to be used necessarily, but more or less just to be viewed. and Right. Well, they were yeah. once once it got funded... Um, they were very excited about about that in in Greece. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean, well, so it, this is yeah, 1896, right? 1896. The um, the idea, though, I mean, the, the the thing with the the early modern Olympics were is that they still were very small. I mean, travel was still. I mean, you you know, you can't obviously get from one place to another. You can't get to Athens or or wherever something is held. Uh, very easily at that period of time, and it was mm-hmm. it was restricted to only men mm-hmm. at that yes. period, and um, there was very small participation, and and actually not a lot of countries uh, participated at that time either. Um, mm-hmm. It didn't really start to grow, but you got to start somewhere. You mm-hmm. have to start somewhere because the idea was is that not only did you want to um, revive the Olympic spirit in terms of the competition. But you also wanted to uh, bring back that idea of you know peace and a truce, and it's and I mean and that does continue to this day because you know billions of people watch the Olympic Games. It's mm-hmm. it's a very international incident. All eyes and are definitely on the Olympics, which is mm-hmm. why you know it's such a highly contested thing to have the Olympics held in your city. Yeah, mm-hmm. although and, it's also a huge strain as well financially yeah. and and it's know. also why because why it always becomes uh, a political stage too right for posturing and protesting and uh, right well i mean that's again i think more of a symptom of the modern times i mean uh yeah they've definitely changed over the years and we can you know one thing that has not changed though is doping doping has been with the olympics almost from the beginning (laughs) from ox poop on ox poop on You know, and uh, I mean, I, that's what I always found very interesting was, um, but in any case, um, the games were largely held in Athens. Well, and, and Athens thought they had a well, lock on it. They thought it was going to stay yes. there. They thought it'd yeah. be in Greece, and then they formed a committee and decided that they would they would look around and, and have alternate venues in order to 
the Greeks even wanted to to monopolize yeah. the, the International Olympic Committee, and they said, uh, <laughs> hard cheese. Yeah. yeah. No. So the 1900 Olympics was in Paris, France. And that was the first appearance of women. That's right. Or at least we think they're women. There were no, there was no <laughs> testing done at that yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. Right. Now, like the East German swim team, I think we all remember that controversy. <laughs> uh, 1904 was in St. Louis, Missouri, the USA. Oh, that must have been rollicking. Well, wasn't yeah. was, wasn't it about that time that the World's Fair was going on in St. Louis then? Uh, well, the back Olympics, to our Paris, Tesla France. Episodes? The Olympics and the World Fair were held simultaneously, were they not? Yeah. And in it, uh, it, Paris, France, I believe. And then no, uh, it, it was overshadowed by the World's Fair. Yeah. Well, people are going yeah. to the fair and they say, ooh, you can see the Olympic mm -hmm. Games. Yeah, yeah. They have the Eiffel Tower on the little Olympic poster for the 1900 right. Olympics. Because uh, I believe the Eiffel Tower was built for the World's Fair. And uh, now in... And I guess that kind of overshadowed the Olympics, which maybe wasn't a good idea after all. So since they discovered that that didn't work, when they had it in um, Missouri, if I recall correctly, uh, they tied it with some uh, Louisiana Purchase uh, Festival expedition thing. So, <laughs> so they kind of screwed up again. Hey, we screwed the French out of a bunch of land. Yeah. <laughs> Let's so. have a festival. Uh but it, so it, that kind of overshadowed the Olympics as well uh, for 04. And then uh, 1906, it's kind of a little mid-year Olympics, but that, that was in Athens, Greece. And then 1908 was in London, of course, in Which, the UK. of course, it'll be held again in 2012 when, of course, the yeah. Mayan calendar predicts the end of the world in London once again. And what oh. have the Mayans been wrong, really? They have not. Ever to my knowledge. <laughs> and this is uh, some early protesting occurred in 08, um, where some Irish athletes um, refused to compete under the British crown. And uh, Good for them, the I say. The Finnish protested against the Russian control of Finland, and uh, U.S. athletes refused to salute the English king. <laughs> So, so as we can there's see, there's a huge yeah. history of yes peace not being yeah. central not being to the Olympic Games. Really, it's you know what? It's more like Festivus. And now for the airing of grievances. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Exactly. And now for the feats of string. Yeah. 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 There are whole maps devoted to who took place in the Olympics at which you know games and which games they didn't. They uh. used to keep track of the Olympics by Olympiad, which is you know every Olympics is four years from the last and. Now it's gotten even more confusing because the Summer Olympics are two years away. Then it's the Olympics in, or winter right. in two years. Then it's summer in two years. So an Olympiad used to be the space between two Olympic games. So, See, I, you know, I got to say just a quick poll of the studio. I myself am more of a Winter Olympics. Fan. I love the Winter Olympics. You know, because I mean, I love bobsledding yeah. and the luge. I am Especially the skeleton luge. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's the bomb. Yes. You know, so I mean, Summer yeah. Olympics are like, eh. Oh, the downhill yeah. skiing is one of my favorites. Oh, and absolutely. I, I even love the snowboarding mm -hmm. that they've created nowadays. That's right. Hey, remember that, that Canadian doping kid? Doping on freaking pot. He put they found it positive for pot. And I'm like, dude, that is not a helper. <laughs> yeah, and he's just... <laughs> oh, it's not exactly a performance enhancing <laughs> drug. Performance reducing, <laughs> more likely. Stick to your guns. <laughs> that was hilarious. I was all for him on that one. I didn't understand how that could help. For a while there, you could buy T-shirts where the Canadian leaf looked a lot like a pot leaf. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, we're gonna have to do a Winter Olympics. Yeah, the Winter Olympics episode are probably at some my, point. Oh, my yeah. favorite. Yeah, I'm I'm all for the skeleton. Luge. Oh, I was like the downhill. Yeah, uh, so yeah, I love the downhill. Yeah. Who? Where was it? 1912. 1912 in Stockholm, Sweden. Because this was where one of the greatest athletes of the I don't know how do you say it, 21st century or the 20th 20th, 20th century, <laughs> Jim Thorpe. Jim Thorpe. Jim oh. Thorpe. So uh, who Jim, later got hosed? Yeah, Jim Thorpe showed up. He's a uh, sock Native American from Oklahoma, basically. Right. He'd been playing some professional football, professional ba- uh, baseball. He, you know, he's a runner. This guy, any sport you put in front of him, he could just. He was he was a, a really all around great athlete. His mm. medals were taken away simply for like I don't know earning like nineteen bucks yeah, or something. Well, playing. here's the deal: in the Olympics early on, you had to be an amateur. You couldn't be a professional athlete. And that is because they were going because the English were involved mm-hmm. too early on. They made everything, <laughs> you know, this sort of, you know, headmaster the the fields of Eden mm-hmm. kind of crap. We can't have a common man competing with us. No, yeah. the common <laughs> professional athlete. Well, he's hard. It was, it was a way it's to hardly it, HRH. It was, a way, it was a way to separate the classes. You had your people. The who, are all for that, you know. And, and then that way, the Olympics would be a classist of the upper class elite playing the games, right. and and so most mm-hmm. athletes would play under pseudonyms. They'd play professionally for money. And, you know, originally in the old games, it was because a professional in Greek times was seen as someone who wasn't fighting for pride and spirit and, and the spirit of competition, but for money. They'd do whatever the money took them to. And that was like someone who would throw a match or whatever. So it, it's much different what happened later on with this amateur professional issue that right. came up. So they used to play under fake names, and then they'd compete in the Olympics under their real name so they wouldn't get caught as a professional. Nice. But Jim Thorpe uh-huh. claimed he never knew any of that, so he played every sport he could as Jim Thorpe, and then he he played uh, in the Olympics as, as Jim Thorpe. I believe he and, won the p- pentathlon and decathlon, did he not? Yeah, yeah. He is. Um, he was greeted by King Gustav V of Sweden, who said, you are the greatest athlete of all time. And, and uh, Jim Thorpe says, Thanks, King. <laughs> Can you imagine that? How's it hanging, Your Highness? <laughs> Fantastic. But yeah, he won the pentathlon, the decathlon, and and it wasn't until like six months or so later that they um, exposed that he had uh, played professionally because a reporter had seen him, and this took a little bit of digging because there is a character who could maybe show up in our podcast of douchebags of history, whose name is Avery Brundage. Oh. And Avery Brundage competed against Jim Thorpe in uh, this competition. He came in like 6th and 16th in the decathlon and pentathlon. Um, He was a big loser. (laughs) And, uh, And it was rumored that maybe he told the media that Jim Thorpe was uh, a professional athlete. Um, and he later went on to become the chairman of the International Olympics Committee. Excellent. We'll hear more uh, about him in a little bit. Wow. Uh, once <laughs> yeah. again, proving the age-old theory that shit floats. Yes. Uh-huh. So, so it's not it's not necessarily true. I had a lot a lot of hard time finding out any more details about this other than it was a reporter. But they stripped him of all his medals. And you know, Jim Thorpe is a true true athlete. He went on to be the president of one of the first organized football leagues in yes. America that became eventually the NFL. And and he was in Green Bay at the time. Which, of course, Brett Favre oh. later on disgraced. He played football yeah. for the Giants. <laughs> he played for the Cardinals. But not the Jets. 
not the Jets. He was a he was an NFC all the way. <laughs> um, so this this guy was an all around athlete, and you know he had a really hard life. His mom died when he was young. Yes. Um, his dad died four years later. His first kid died at four years old. Yes, he had a very tragic he had life. Just a tragic upbringing, and he came over those obstacles so well, and such a hero to so many. And he was Native American on top of it, so he faced all this. Uh, discrimination throughout his life, which was very real at that time. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were yeah. they were still, you know, they were still um, treating the Native Americans, you know, yeah. like they were in the old west at that time. Yeah. So, so yeah. he he went on to an okay career, but he did eventually uh, get his medals reinstated only in like 1980s. So we'll get to that when we get to the 1980s. I'll explain yeah. how that played out. Well, the 1980s was was such a banner year for the Olympics. Anyway, it's like, no, I'm not going to your Olympics. No, I'm not going to your Olympics. No, you shut up. No, you shut up. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> All right. Now, the 1916 Olympics was canceled because of World War One. This is like it Memento, was, only going forward. <laughs> it was supposed to be in Berlin, Germany. Don't believe his lies. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. Uh, so we move on to the 1920 Olympics in Antwerp, Belgium, uh, and it was awarded. Belgium is awarded. <laughs> Are we allowed to, to say that on air? <laughs> uh, Bloody Belgium. fat Belgium bastard! Yeah. Belgium. Anyway, Belgium got it to acknowledge their suffering uh, as a result of World War One. Oh wow! Uh, there, and uh, I guess this is the first time you saw the Olympic flag. And, with the five uh, rings. What are these? Yeah. One, one ring to rule them all, and what are the other four? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think they they made some movies on that, but the um, but these games excluded Austria, Bulgaria, Germany, Hungary, and Turkey due to the politics of World War One. Uh, well, also, all the central powers. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sorry. You can't compete. You can't play with us. So and also the uh, new Soviet Union did not attend these games. The new, the, the brand spanking new shiny. I'm not sure Soviet why, Union. but they didn't not attend. Hmm. So the nineteen 19- didn't they have alternate games? Um, I believe they had alternate games at that time. I they may I I, I think during some of these boycotts the, there were alternate games. Yeah. I don't know if it was this one or not. Uh, nineteen twenty four was back at Paris, France. Ah. Uh-huh. 19- there weren't that many cities back then, so <laughs> not yeah. really. I mean, basically, you got Paris, Antwerp, and Athens. Yeah. Other than that, you got Diddle. Oh, London, you know, <laughs> if you could call it a city, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> then where were we? Uh, Amsterdam uh, in the Netherlands in 1928. Ooh, that's where I'd hold it. That's where the Cannabis Cup is every year. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, I, that, now I, that's competing. Did the that Jamaican bobsled event, team make it to that one? <laughs> you know, they I'm did. I'm not sure if that event was in ni- the 1928, but it, it may have been. Um, 1932, we are at Los Angeles, California, Ooh. the U.S. of A. And then, and then, Nazi Germany. 1936 in Berlin. <laughs> and this uh, Olympics kind of turned out to be a showcase for Adolf Hitler and the Nazi Do way. Nazi t-shirts handed out. Yeah. I, I love how uh, they, in, in Nazi Germany they they and you know whose idea that was? Avery Brundages. Wow. Yeah, he was a big fan of Hitler's ideas. Um, this and, guy is really a monumental horse's ass. Yeah, he was all for the segregation and he was all for uh, wow. keeping 
you know, people separated, and and it took him a long while. He was against any kind of integration of uh, different ethnic groups, just like Charles Lindbergh. But it was great. Uh, Hitler had to go around with his troops and tear down signs that said "Jews not welcome" all around Berlin. (laughs) You know that can be embarrassing. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. let's get down the "Jews not welcome" signs so the Jews can come and compete. All right, people, can we clean up Crystal Knock? But don't put them far away because we're (laughs) gonna put them right back up. Yeah, yeah. Don't (laughs) throw them away. We'll need them back. Everybody's gone. Just wrap them up. Don't throw them away. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, and also, too, do you think security was tight? I'm thinking. <laughs> I don't know. SS, SA. Mm. Yeah. They, they figured out one way or another to keep order. I Actually, at this yeah. time, there, there is a very good film by none other than, of course, a great Nazi documentarian, <laughs> Leni Riefenstahl. <laughs> called, That's right. Called Olympiad. Specially commissioned uh, to, to film that during... Yes, it was, uh, I believe, uh, the same year that Triumph of the Will was made. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you're really having a mass rally... Let's just keep the film rolling. You know, it was because of that film that I chose the Meatballs song on <laughs> side two, track two, called Olympiad as our introduction. So, <laughs> cool. Actually, I must say, though, um, Olympiad is, or Olympia, I believe it's called, um, is really interesting to watch because it, it is just this film glorifying the human body, which it was what the ancient Greeks really wanted, mm-hmm. but it's it's twisted into this, you know, fascist ideology. And th- they just took over the Olympics. In fact, the He wouldn't allow Jews to compete. No. For Germany. It was no. all master race. Right. And mm-hmm. I think we all know how irritated the Fuhrer was by Jesse Owens winning. I gotta yes, say an well, American well, African African-American, four gold medals. But what was great about Jesse Owens' victory, though, also was uh, Lutz Long. Because Lutz Long was another long jumper, and he easily competed and and got his place. And then he was watching Jesse compete. And this is a German. This is Mm -hmm. an Aryan German competing. And he saw Jesse Owens fail at his first two trials. And then he went up to Jesse and said, why don't you do this? And try to get your steps so that you land here because you will easily make the mark. Just don't step over the freaking line, you know. Right. So, so he gave him some coaching, told him what to do. And Jesse goes in and pow, nails it, qualifies, wins the gold medal. And all that, you know, right basically in front of Hitler. So this guy didn't get the memo. He did not get the no. He was no, a, with the huge eagle clutching the swastika. <laughs> yeah, he was a he was a law professor, law teacher, oh. um, and uh, yeah, he won the posthumously. He won the Pierre de Coubertin Medal of Sportsmanship, which I think is wow. fantastic. I mean, yeah. how cool is that that he'll go and help someone from another country do their best? Because that's the whole idea. Yeah, it's, it's not the about sports- cheating your way to the best. It's right. about being the best. And who is the best? You can you can actually yeah. have sportsmanship bloom in the midst of the you know Nazi dung <laughs> Nazi. heap. I think that's really saying something. What's really yeah. sad about Lutz Long though is he um he ended up getting uh obviously um had to fight in the war yes so in 1940 what was it 1943 when the allies invaded sicily he was fighting in sicily and doing his job basically and uh he was wounded on july 10th and died in the hospital on july 13th so i mean it's you can see how someone who's just doing his job living in his country and you know right it's it's a sad Mm -hmm. end but that was a great a great olympic story nonetheless yeah Definitely. I mean, I guess, you know, I think one thing that we can say about the Olympics is it's sort of like if you watch Ken Burns' um, story of baseball, you know, and he had nine shows, you Mm -hmm. know, to, to, you know, show like nine innings and so forth. 
and you realize that the game has been coated with crap from almost like day one. But there are still those moments that really, almost like in spite of everything else, shine through. And I think, yeah. I think you can truly say that about the Olympics, is that there, there has been doping, there has mm-hmm. been boycotting and violence and politics throughout mm-hmm. every Olympics. And I can't wait to see this one. I, I think the politics gonna are going to be, be something. very heavy. Yeah, there will be something yeah. exciting in the Olympics. I think sure. you're going to have about half the Red Army around the bird's nest doing <laughs> security. There'll mm-hmm. probably just be people trying to warpath off of all the actual open internet that they'll have around the Olympic Village. <laughs> <laughs> There's really not open internet <laughs> around the Olympic Village. Even journalists aren't going to get the open internet. It's the oh, same. they're not? No, that they're was not going to re- get through the Great Firewall of China? No, we'll, we'll get to it, but the, the New York Times did a big report on, on how journalists are, are getting basically mm-hmm. the same firewalls. Ooh, that sucks. Well, (laughs) let's go to Helsinki, Finland for the 1940 Olympics. By all means. (laughs) Oh, we can't. It was canceled due to World War II. Oh. Damn it. That's great. The last last before the World War happened was in Nazi Germany. Yeah, yeah. So, Well, actually, weren't they um, Helsinki... Finland. Oh, Finland. Well, I mean, they were being invaded (laughs) by the Russians at that time. Um. No, that was the year before. Yeah, that was the year before that mm-hmm. they they uh, thirty nine that they they went into Finland. Yeah, the and Finns of course are not... the Germans were in Norway in forty. So <laughs> Finns are are never really big on Russians. They're not no. so much. No. Yeah, neither Norwegian. Um, yeah, the uh, nineteen forty four Olympics were not held due to World War Two in Damn uh, it. in London, uh, London, England. Uh, so I guess. London was being too busy being bombed or whatever they were in 44. But in 1948, London gets their Olympics once again. Sweet. Uh, Germany and Japan were not invited. <laughs> wow. So it's, it's, like, it's like the World War I thing all over again. It's like, That's you know, right. we're still very miffed. Germany and Japan, I'm looking at you. Go back to your rooms. <laughs> and was the, Italy invited? The Soviet Union well, refused nah. to attend. Uh but Hungary, Yugoslavia, and Poland competed for the first time. I guess we Ooh. got some new countries. They were not yet part of the Warsaw Pact? Well, I don't know. They might have been. But anyway, that's their first Olympics. Just a little bit of trivia there. All right. It's on my piece of paper for some oh, reason. By the way, we should yeah, also yeah. bring up that in the, the 36 Berlin Olympics mm-hmm. was the first time that the Olympic tradition of the lone runner running oh, in with right, the, torch, the torch. That's right. You know, yeah. Which is now this you know big deal. Yeah. It's like, don't let it go out. Thank you, Adolf Hitler. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the Nazis had this kind of style and drama to what well, they did. Well, say what you want, but they were snappy dressers. Yeah. So uh, we move on. Uh, Helsinki, Finland gets their Olympics in 1952. Ooh. Now, moving on to Melbourne, Australia in 1956. Um, Netherlands, Spain, and Switzerland refused to attend because of the repression of the Hungarian, uh, of the Hungarians by the, the Soviet Union. Well, yeah, Union. the fifty-six revolt of Hungar- uh, yeah. Hungary. And Cambodia, Egypt, Iraq, and Lebanon uh, boycotted due to the Suez Crisis. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Uh, now. The Hungarians did compete, though, and when they uh, I, there was a particular 
water polo match <laughs> against the um, one of the most important of all games. Yeah, against right the, up there with curling with against, Marco Polo <laughs> against the Soviet water uh, against the Soviet Union, and. I don't know if you guys have ever played water polo. I haven't played organized water polo, but I've played, you know, kind of pickup games for fun. What do you mean? Wait, it's pick up water pick up games of water polo? How the hell polo? do you do that? Pick up water polo. You're hanging around the pool. I'm standing in the pool. Wait, someone okay. starts talking trash. <laughs> it's it's a, a swim team thing, okay? Okay, whatever. I hurt my knee. Can anyone fill in? <laughs> you, over but, there. Me? What are you doing? <laughs> Nothing. Get in there! Win this one! Yeah, We're anyway, the best so around! <laughs> the, the coaches didn't like to let us play water polo too often because we, we like to play no rules water polo. Okay. We're basically naked. <laughs> like the early Olympics. Like, no, Olympic. we wore suits. But, you know, the, the guy has the ball and you want the ball? You hold him underwater till he gives up the ball. Oh! <laughs> Stuff like that. <laughs> and it, it gets pretty rough. You're all scratched up afterwards. And, you know, oh, it's. <laughs> well. Your groin is itchy. That was. <laughs> Coach, I have a burning sensation in my penis when I urinate. <laughs> Which is why the coaches didn't let us play it very often. Anyway. But that was nothing compared to the 1956 match between the Hungarians and the Soviet Union. Oh. Um, was there some nut punching? Well, this is the cold anyway, war. it was very, very rough. And they had to, uh, with just a few minutes to go, they had to stop the match because a Soviet... <laughs> Valentin <laughs> Pokov Puff struck a Hungarian star Urban <laughs> Zadov and uh, it caused blood to stream down into the pool. So, you know, oh, <laughs> it's getting ugly. You're pouring yeah. dioxin in the pool. So it's, <laughs> you hungry. You know, little... Why don't you practice first? So there, there, it's just an example of the actual, you know, the world conflict being taken out right in the sport in the arena. Water polo. <laughs> yeah, all right. Don't make me come in there. Taking the water polo serious. Water polo is right up there with like rugby or. Uh, oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. It's pretty rough. <laughs> and in 1960, the games were held in Rome, Italy. Oh, you know, in 1960, as an example of doping, there was actually a cyclist who um, oh. who died. Okay, is this nude, uh, Knud Erickson? The cyclist who fell off the yes. bike? Yeah, you know, I was kind of annoyed about that doping story because here's the deal. So the guy's on a little bit of amphetamines, right? Well, okay. like, like we all are. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Run my blood. You'll find some interesting stuff in there, I'm sure. But anyway, like, he, so, so the guy crashes his bike, cracks his skull open, and yeah. dies. And everyone says he dies of doping. No, it was the broken skull that killed him, you know? He cracked his skull open. The way I heard yeah. it was that his head exploded from the amphetamines. <laughs> I don't, I don't know about any crash. <laughs> <And> outwardly exploded. <laughs> Look at the tape. Look at the tape. Look, Look at the way his head bombs. You can see the head Clearly you can tell. The head <laughs> is exploding from internally. That, that may be what there happened to a bunch shooter. of Spinal Taps drummers. <laughs> Such BS. So. so yes, yes. The amphetamines might have caused him to qualify so that he could ride in the race that he crashed and died in. But right. that's like, I don't know. That's like saying, I don't know. He just had a really big boo-boo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So I, that one's still up in the air. No, and that one, that one's still that that'll go down in history, and it probably already has as the first doping yeah. where dope killed. There's, there's controversy. Dope kills kids. Kids dare to stay off the dope. Stay in school. <laughs> stay off your bicycle. <laughs> oh, yeah. actually, um, the um, Soviet Union uh, was in the uh, Spartakiads. Oh yeah, that's right. The Spartakiads. Or Spart- or yeah, I'm not, yeah. But I mean, they they had alternate games. <laughs> the alternate games that they they only invited certain groups to come in, right? Who were oh. known communist, <laughs> communist groups. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I was trying to think of the name yeah. of that because I knew Spartakiads. that they did have alternate games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? you're gonna take the ball and go home. Yeah, mm-hmm. like Brett Favre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, 1964. The games are in Tokyo, Japan. Ooh. Edo. Uh, due to apartheid, South Africa was not invited or banned. They were banned. And, and they um, actually had quite a history for like the next 20 years of being banned, essentially, yeah. did they not? Yeah. They were not well liked uh, over the, the world. Um, unless you're in, in investing in gold or something like that. Yeah. You're Krugerans. That's right. Um, now, the torchbearer. For the opening ceremony was uh, Yoshinori Sakai, and okay, I butchered that name, but uh, he was born August 6, 1945 in Hiroshima, which is the day it was Ooh. bombed with the atomic bomb. So that wow. was just, I guess they found the one surviving kid. And, Good day, okay. sunshine. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. It's well, that's an up with people story, Tor. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Tor. He laid the torch with his fingers. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Oh, but, now that, but, that was offsides. Yeah. I guess the, uh, the point is that politics are always a part. Well, that's right. Of the games and they're well. You how know. can you how can you do anything international and there's not politics involved? That's right. I mean, it's, there's always it's always going to be there. Now, 1968 is in Mexico City, <gasps> Mexico. Yes. Well, wait a minute. Wait, wait. Let oh, me backtrack quick. You got more? Yeah, to, to Cassius Clay, 1960. Ooh. Because Ooh. Cassius Clay, who later on became famous as some mm. other guy, Muhammad <laughs> Ali. <laughs> He, uh, he um, won the gold medal in 1960 in the light heavyweight division for boxing. That's right. Yeah, and then he returned to Louisville, and, and he, he, was, he went into a whites-only restaurant. Oh, my God. Oh, and he was beaten by a gang of white supremacists. He got so upset by this that he went to the Ohio River, and he threw his gold medal into the river. Wow. Wow. And well, he, I mean, that could piss you off. Yeah, and, and he um he was later given another medal by the IOC after he lit the torch in Atlanta in 96. And one of his things that he said uh, was that, um, and this was mainly about Mexico, and that's why it brings it up, because it was held in Mexico in 1968. But he said, why should we run to Mexico only to uh, crawl home? Good <laughs> yeah, point. Which Very does good point. Uh, line up with... Uh, Tommy Smith and John Carroll's. Or Carlos. Uh, Carlos. Yeah, okay, John this, Carlos. The typo. Um, <laughs> Chai yeah. Chai Rodriguez. <laughs> no, th- there's a typo on my paper. Oh. Damn it. Yeah. Right, I, 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 I hate mistakes like that. I want staff fired. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, interns. <laughs> Bastards. Well, they're but anyway, summer interns, so they, I mean, they went, they're much um, less effective. Let, let's see. They went. What was it? Well, gold was gold two, and silver. Yeah, they won. Uh, no, they won gold and bronze. First gold and, and bronze. third in the two hundred meter. Uh, and uh, there was the Australian uh, Peter Norman won silver. 
So the big controversy with these guys was <laughs> that when they got on the stand for winning, um, the two black guys gave the Black Power salute. Yes. Yeah. And it's a great picture. It's a great picture because mm-hmm. um, Peter Norman, who's Australian and white, isn't giving Black Power because that would look kind of weird. But he's wearing an Olymp- Olympic Project for Human Rights patch on his uh, outfit. And the other two guys are not only giving the Black Power salute, uh, but they're um, wearing no shoes in order to protest poverty, uh, black poverty, and they're wearing beads around their necks to protest lynchings. And you know they had this all really planned out, right? But also, I think I think the 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 part that that is left out that really seemed to go against the Olympic spirit was um, he. The gold medal winner asked the other African American athlete to come up to the top pedestal with him. Mm-hmm. You know, so the two of them were there, and it just seemed very, you know. But and I think it just—it was a very minor instance. But of course, yeah. Avery Brundridge once again rears his snotty little head. Noted <laughs> douchebag of history. A great sports douchebag. He says they violated one of the basic principles of the Olympic Games. That they politics. were black. <laughs> uh, yeah, they yeah. shouldn't have been allowed to compete. <laughs> they were Negroes. End story. <laughs> yeah. And, and the, yeah the, no, and no, the, he said they, uh, the politics play no part whatsoever in them. I mean. Oh, please. Is, yeah. is that, that's the right. stupidest quote. They vo- violated one of the basic principles of the Olympic Games, that politics play no part whatsoever yeah, in they, them. They, yeah, they, yeah, they didn't yeah. stay in their station. You know, they yeah. didn't. Right. They didn't toe the line. But. Now, the thing about Mexico City is that uh, they had a special uh, kind of police force uh, th- that essentially made the Nazis look like a bunch of peaceniks. Right. Yeah. And they uh, there was some student protests that had been building up before the Olympics started. And just to summarize it quickly, the... Uh, I think was it just a few days before the opening ceremonies, uh, the special forces and soldiers. I mean, they were in helicopters and they they surrounded this plaza that had a student protest, and then they just all popped out with machine guns and mowed down uh, at least three hundred twenty-five and probably thousands of people they just killed them off there's rumors of them hauling bodies to the ocean and dumping yeah. them in the ocean yeah i mean it's just a and a sick nasty kind of i a, remember hearing those stories as well yeah, yeah. that's just and, ridiculous i mean and, and there's uh alleged uh, cia involvement and just well you know yeah. we're all, it, <laughs> isn't there always <laughs> so it, it, no certainly not we don't want your country to be dumbed down by losing your intellectual class <laughs> <laughs> oh no. wait we do i mean we don't really yeah <laughs> i do so hope that doesn't happen in beijing <laughs> yeah Yikes. so uh, it, it's it's just i mean and then they they weren't even sure after that they were going to go, go on with the olympics but the americans are like oh yes you must go on you know it's like <laughs> it was just you know, killed a bunch on. of you know was it they, not well like yeah they again count, but, again that was Avery you know. Brundage's decision that they will go on yeah so, I mean yes. he, Thank he's you, noted Avery. he's noted uh-huh. for that but um and those guys they 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 were given a choice uh you you send them home or some other consequence and the two guys were outright sent home immediately they yes. weren't allowed back to the Olympic Village for oh, the, the the black black power, power salute yeah. yeah right 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh-huh. That well, '68 was a very turbulent year politically, worldwide. Socially, yeah, worldwide. I mean, so I I think that they're you know the tolerance was probably pretty low mm-hmm. for almost anything political. Mm-hmm. Pretty that. famous portrait though. You yeah. can find that picture anywhere. Oh you yeah. Just Google it. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yep. So, oh, oh, and then we're brought to what? Yeah, well, then things settled down a little bit. Yes. 1972 in Munich, Germany. Oh, <laughs> Munich, Germany, where the Lenny Riefenstahl film Triumph of the Will. Oh, yeah. What could possibly go wrong? I don't know what. You know what I watched last night? Yep. Munich. Oh, my God. Munich is Steven Spielberg's movie of the story of the horrible events that happened at this. And I'm not talking about... U.S. men's basketball team. No, but anyway, <laughs> the dream team. <laughs> yes, yes, the uh, the horrible Munich massacre, and the the West German government uh, used the motto, "The Happy Games." Well, you know, yes. I got to give Germany credit. They were really, really trying as a country to create a lax atmosphere that everyone could relax, they could enjoy themselves. Germany is not scary anymore. We're <laughs> back to normal. Well, but that's, we're a good yeah. place. But that was the problem is, is that they, their security was incredibly lax. In fact, the uniform for the security guards, you know, and you got to think of what it was in 36 with this, you know, the Black Death head and everything else. Mm-hmm. It was white hats turquoise leisure suits yeah oh my and they weren't even checking you know really anybody and for, well i'm you know maybe for our listeners aren't aware of let's we can what give you them need. the story right it was like september 5th it was 4 30 in the morning there were about eight uh palestinian uh arab basic terrorists who uh needed to jump the fence into the olympic olympic village to kidnap the israeli wrestling team Who's going to help them over the fence or or who's going to be around at 4.30 in the morning when they're trying to jump the fence? Four drunk American athletes. <laughs> so, of course. Hey, you guys hey, need, a, you need a lift? Hey, I'll help you. So some drunk American <laughs> teammates oh, help gosh. another foreign team over. We're a friendly nation. Uh-huh. And, and uh, then they, they go in and then these eight uh, uh. kidnappers take uh, the wrestling coaches and wrestling team, most of them hostage and... And all in all, over over a period of the violent events, they they hold them hostage, hold the w- whole world on hostage because guns go off right away, and the media is watching this closely over the right. next two days, basically. And speaking of famous photos, there's that famous photo of the terrorists coming out on the balcony mm-hmm. of the Olympic Village, there's video, wearing right? a ski mask. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know he's got the you know the gun and everything, and that that was. That was pretty much the image of the Munich Games. Yeah. They kill a couple mm-hmm. of the Israelis right there in the apartment, and then they get them into a bus. They bring them to an airstrip, and the German army's not allowed to siege. The German army is not allowed to be involved in this, so they grab some so-called snipers who turn out to be really untrained. Yeah, completely uh, incompetent. Completely incompetent um, soldiers, and, and they meet them at the airport, and they have people pretend that they've got an airplane filled with all the people that they demanded be released, and they have helicopters right. sitting there uh, with with army men or uh, pretending to be pilots uh, that are going to get them out. But but they underestimated the number of terrorists because the terrorists cleverly shielded how many terrorists there were. So when they finally got there and there were eight terrorists, that threw the whole plan into chaos right. for the Germans, and they weren't sure how to really deal with that. Um, but eventually what happened brutally was... Um, gunfire erupted on the tarmac. One of the terrorists, you know, strafed a group of four of them, threw a grenade on the the kidnapped 
Um, they were already in. They a, were already a Huey helicopter. They were in the helicopters. Time. They were Just biting a grenade. Yeah. Right in the yeah. He shot them up through a grenade. I mean, they're oh. all biting their ropes trying to get free. Right. But uh, you know that that Huey blew up. The other one they got strafed and. You know, five of the terrorists were killed, three of them survived, and all 11 of the captives were killed. It was a total disgrace. It was a total nightmare. Oh, it was. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that they they continued the games was like a minor miracle. In Avery Burnage's decision. Avery! <laughs> it was a wonderful decision. But, you know, he didn't skip a beat. He didn't even, he didn't even pause. It just... It just went on as if it were nothing. And, well, it's and, probably nostalgic from the Berlin Olympics. Well, know? Jim Murray of the Los Angeles mm-hmm. Times wrote that they didn't postpone a thing. He wrote, it's almost like having a dance at Dachau. <laughs> oh, wow. nicely said. I mean, it's it's really, truly pathetic. And Jim McKay on ABC, his quote was, you know, sometimes our worst fears are realized, and today they have been. They're all gone. Yeah. And it was a truly a sad event. Which led so. the whole movie Munich deals with the aftermath and Operation, mm-hmm. what is it called, Operation uh, Hammer of God or something like yeah. that, where where basically Israel in a covert action takes out a whole bunch of Palestinian. Well, terrorists. I was I was twelve at the time, and I remember those games very distinctly and the coverage, and it was one of those things where you just like were not far from the TV set. I mean, it, yeah. it was before. I mean, I think it was like one of America's first real introductions to international terrorism. I mean, oh, yes, there had been plane hijackings and so forth. But something like this, where you take the Olympic Games and you just pervert it, Mm -hmm. you know, to that level, it was it was very startling. You know, it's a complete sidetrack. But what's really, really unbelievable is that there was another plane hijacking and one of their demands was to let loose the other three terrorists from this Munich massacre. Right. And they did. Yeah. They let him go and they lived until someone from Israel covertly tracked him down and We're killed all of them. We're not pointing any fingers to the Mossad. <laughs> I'm not saying I know who, <laughs> but I'm, I'm saying it's it's crazy that it's crazy the series of events happened the way they happened. I'm not a huge lover of current Steven Spielberg films, but it's a good document in a in a it's based on a novel called Vengeance, which is which is a semi fictionalized but yeah. very very accurate depiction of what probably happened. Yeah. Right. So is this the uh, this is Israeli the, Operation Wrath of God? Yeah, Operation Wrath of Wrath God, of which God. Yeah. changed into Spring another. Yes, yeah, very of youth, biblical. No. Yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you can understand their rage at at this point, but oh, of course. Um, yeah, it was yeah. a very crazy situation and was a really horrible, horrible event for the Olympics. Yeah. And in the meantime, uh, a few countries, actually a large number of African countries threatened to boycott uh, to to force a ban of South Africa, Rhodesia, and New Zealand. Hmm. And I'm not not sure why Rhodesia and New Zealand it, it might be that they were sympathetic to South Africa but I'm not, not well, Rhodesia certainly was New Zealand yeah. was also seen that way because of um, that rugby union teams that yeah. were playing through at that time they, I mean yeah. Rhode- Rhodesia was one of you know uh, I mean it was arguably you know equally as racist as South Africa I mean mm. Rhodesia mm-hmm. was uh, was constructed uh, at the height of the British Empire as it was supposed to be this vertical strip that went from the south to the north of of Africa and that would be British held 
you know, and it, in fact, that was by, um, oh God, um, the guy that started uh, the De Beers Diamond. I can't. Don't know. Don't know. Oh, well. Yeah. In any case. 1972 is also the year of the U.S. basketball team getting defeated by USSR. SSSR. You just never, th- you just never think of the Russians, you know, like really playing the, that that hot, hot hoops. What's really <laughs> great about it is, um, really, you can watch some of the footage on YouTube about this game. I mean, this was this was a horrible, basic robbery of the U.S. Olympic team because, all right, so with three seconds left in the game, Russia's up forty nine to forty eight. Okay, so Russia's winning, and they foul Doug Collins, right? So Doug Collins sinks his first free throw, tying the game 49-49. And then in the middle of shooting his second free throw, a horn goes off for no reason, right? And there's no real explanation, but the but the ball sinks. So, you know, America's up. It's 50-49. And then there's three seconds left. The Russians get it at the end, and then they have to get it all the way down to the other end of the basketball court. And what they do is they uh, they throw the ball down to, to one guy. He catches it, and then he misses and then the three seconds run out. Boom, America wins. Woo, America wins. People run on the court. America wins. And then there's arguing on the sidelines. One of the Russian judges is saying, we called a timeout. We called a timeout. And so they they reset the clock. They go back. They get everyone off the court. They say, okay, do it again. So they do it again. They start the clock. They throw the ball. The guy catches it. And he misses. And boom, America wins. Well, wait a minute. The clock wasn't totally reset to three seconds. So they do it again. And they reset the clock. They oh, get the wow. clock back. The Russian gets the ball. He throws it to the guy. The guy fakes it, and then he dumps it in. He gets the score. Russia wins. Wow. Wow. I, I've seen Packer games <laughs> that end like that. This is just brutally, yeah. brutally decided by the refs. But anyway, wow. there, were, there, were a bunch of, there was a bunch of protests and everything. And, and what happened was uh, the men's basketball team didn't show up at the medal ceremony to accept their silver. They didn't show uh-huh. up. And to this day, their silver medal sits unclaimed in some kind of weird vault at IOC headquarters, right? Funny. And and according to one website I was looking at, they said that um, every member of the team, is it's written in their will that no member of their family can claim the medal after their death. Wow. Oh. That is bitter. <laughs> like, screw you. Man. I'm going home. <laughs> wow. I thought that was fantastic. That is amazing. Some things are more important than a medal. <laughs> I guess yeah. so. Yeah. Well, in 1976, we move on to Montreal, Canada. 22 countries, most of them African, boycott because uh, New Zealand was not banned. Yeah, so New the, Zealand had been playing rugby in Africa, which is apparently is a big no-no. Yeah. You can't play rugby. I ain't going to play some city. <laughs> yeah. So... That that's the whole. You know, I never thought of New Zealand as a bad guy, but I guess you know they they can. Oh, because Lord some... of the Rings, please. <laughs> I, oh, I, I, they they seem so nice on their the big world's crime fastest is playing. Indian, their big crime but... is playing rugby. Yeah, yeah I mean, rugby. you gotta you gotta cut him some slack. Well, we play, no, I we love... play the we play the rugby. Well, that's because I like New Zealand because that's where Xena Warrior Princess was filmed. <laughs> I love the stunt woman. <laughs> Zoe Bell. So the uh, the People's Republic of China was uh, kind of pissed that they were going to have Taiwan play under the Republic of China name. 
Yeah, I mean, because who's a Republic of China here? Yeah, because, mm-hmm. you know, they're kind of like just a split country. With no each me, with the no same. me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I don't, it's, long story short, uh, Taiwan, a.k.a. Republic of China, didn't get to play in 1976. Uh, then we move on to Moscow, Soviet Union in 1980. No Americans! Yeah. <laughs> We're boycotting. It's because This was the dueling boycott. Yes, because less than a year earlier, Soviet Union had invaded Afghanistan. Uh which pissed off uh Jimmy Carter, I believe. Yes. And he boycotted uh, the games. Yeah. And uh he, you know, they at that time were kind of at a standoff with the uh American backed uh Taliban. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We've given yeah. Osama bin Laden so much money, we can't have you invading and attacking. There, there's yeah, pictures yeah. of uh, <laughs> God. Dick Cheney shaking hands. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me started. So that that ended up being a 62-nation boycott of, boycott of the Moscow Olympics. And uh, no Taiwan in this Olympics either. Yes. You know, but of course, you can't talk about the the nineteen eighty Olympics without talking about the miracle of Lake Placid. And this is, goes to the Winter Olympics. Yes, <laughs> and, and and hockey. Yes, there was a movie made about this, I believe, with Kurt Russell. I know. I almost saw it, but there were no aliens, or you know, John Carpenter didn't direct. I know, so. I know, and I love Kurt Russell. I'm a huge. I worship. I love the, the shrine. I love Kurt the Russell. Kurt Russell character in Imagination Land. <laughs> Yes, I did. <laughs> well, I'm an actor. You're Kurt Russell. Get in there. <laughs> but, but. Yeah, so I haven't seen that one. But what's the real story? Well, the real story is is simply is that, you know, Cinderella story. Uh, American team slotted really not to even place. Goes all the way for the gold. Beats the Russian team. The Russian hockey machine. Yeah, no kidding. And I mean, these guys were brutal, you know. And I mean, there was, there was. I mean, it looked like uh, outtakes from Slapshot. You know, there, there was some definite high sticking. There was <laughs> people being thrown up against the plexiglass. <laughs> I love Slapshot. Slapshot yeah. is one of my favorite films. Yeah. Now we should add. Uh, we've been talking mainly Summer Olympics here, and we're just you know leaving winter for another time. Uh, Although the U.S. boycotted the Summer Olympics, they did not boycott the Winter, the, the Winter Olympics because it was in Lake Placid, New York State. Which would be kind of embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. you can't just boycott your <laughs> own team. Yeah. No, uh-huh. I'm that bitter. <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> I don't want to see any Mishka the Bears, goddammit. <laughs> so, I mean, in, so it was it was a big moment. And I, I do remember watching all of those games. Even though I'm not, you know, particularly into hockey, it was, you know, you 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 did get really riveted to it, and when they won, it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was because cool. they really came from behind and and took it all the way. So, but then of course that uh, brings us to '84 in Los Angeles, California. Los Angeles, yes, no, yeah, which that's... the Russians boycotted. <laughs> yeah, they said, well, if you're not gonna, well, gonna come to our Olympics, yeah. you're not coming to yours. You shut up. Uh-huh. <laughs> Well, this kind of sets up an interesting stage because um, in Los Angeles, there was, especially in the boxing area, there was a belief of a lot of countries that uh, they were unfavorably biased towards the American team. 
right. that the American boxers were getting a pass, basically. Yeah. And this this will haunt the Americans in the 1988 Olympics. But uh, this this idea of country bias is a big deal of the Olympics. But it also was one of the first Olympics that was a huge monetary kind of success. It was a huge monetary show. Right. Yeah. I, I, I believe in this Olympics, uh, I remember watching it, and there had like a flying saucer came up behind the stands during the open theme ceremony or something. I think like, you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. Like, oh, look right there. It's on TV. <laughs> <laughs> it's being captured. Yeah, the we new, don't need Staten Friedman. The new IOC yeah. chairman, uh, when he took over, and by the way, um, it wasn't until it wasn't until 1984 or so that uh, Jim Thorpe's medals were reinstated because it wasn't. Right. It had been petitioned and petitioned uh, to Avery Brundage that uh, Jim Thorpe should be reinstated, but he kept rejecting it. And it wasn't until after his death in 1975 that that they managed to finally pass it in 1980s. Right. So the new commissioner decided uh, that the Olympics should be an event of sponsorship. So we got a lot of corporate sponsorship. And right. and this is what really started to build the Olympics into this giant machine of corporate sponsorship. And I, I can't, you know, there's a huge debt that every city takes on when they host the Olympics. Yes, they do. And it's, it's billions of dollars and it's right. got to get covered. And so when you look at the giant stadiums being built to accommodate these kind of events... It's a huge deal to host the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and and uh, of course there's you know controversy now about um, essentially uh, there's a a great BBC documentary that you know talks about buying the games essentially mm-hmm. you know where where countries do really lobby with their pocketbooks out to to host the games. Well, it was in the '90s that there mm-hmm. was the big scandal about. Uh, sponsorship and about who is buying the Olympics and right. It's a little later than this. I mean, I think you'd, you'd have to say that you know, with the choice of China, mm-hmm. that that had to be because I mean, one of the criticisms of of the Olympics is that it was always held in Europe or North America or something, and so, you know, yeah, they, it was held in Asia after a certain period of time, but you know, with China being this you know growing world power and influence and everything. They are putting a great deal into this, so mm-hmm. I mean, this—you really have to look at this almost in the same vein as the '36 Olympics. That this this is um, proof of lifestyle and or culture and or this is where we're going to be. You know, tomorrow belongs to me. We'll see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll see. I mean, it's just the Summer Olympics, and we'll see where we go after that. Yeah. Right. The uh, speaking of Asia, though, the 1988. Olympics was held in so- Seoul, South Korea. And and this is where the payoff was for Seoul, especially in the boxing controversy. And not much happened. We can move on really quickly. But um, in, in the boxing situation, and boxing's always been a part of the games, um, Korea really was trying to get revenge on America for what happened in L.A. and right. how they got steamrolled. And what happened is... There was a lot of fixing going on. There was a huge right. amount of fixing going on. And it's obvious because if you watch a boxing match, you can see who the winner is. It's fairly obvious. Right. I mean, it's, it's can, one of the few can, sports where you can say, all right, yeah, that's score yeah. landed punches and whatever. But uh, there, there were two giant scandals that are just pathetic for, for the Olympics. Um, 
the first one is Byung Jong Il, and he's a bantamweight division boxer, and he was uh, basically assured a medal, and um, he got deducted for headbutting a Bulgarian boxer. And if you watch the bout, there's no way to get around that he lost this one. There's just no way to get around it. And he he did lose. The judge ruled him a loss, but everyone was so upset about this loss that uh, he sat in the middle of the ring after he lost the bout for 67 <laughs> minutes. And you can see this on YouTube. You can go and right. find this footage until eventually they shut off the lights in the stadium. Oh, God. Him. Oh, it was a big protest. And there was people rushed the stage. And um, the uh, New Zealand referee of the match, Keith Walker, um, had to leave the country uh, after this because it was such a controversial loss. And really, it's not controversial at all. He lost. He really right. failed. The next one's even worse. It's it's Park Si Hun uh, versus Roy Jones Jr. And Roy Jones Jr. was only like 18, 19 at the time. He's a brilliant American boxer. He's fantastic. And he beat the living crap out of Park Si Hun in the light middleweight division. And this you can watch in its entirety uh, in all different versions on YouTube. And he fought through... Park Si-hung fought five consecutive fights. One, he punched a guy basically in the groin and won somehow. And then four, he won due to dubious uh, decisions. So it was decisions that ruled he won, and they were all dubious. It's it's very disgusting the way this happened. And when he met Roy Jones Jr., who absolutely destroyed him in three rounds, there's no overtime, there's no really knockout, but uh, the match wasn't close. Uh, Jones landed 86 punches to 15 landed by uh, Park Sihung. I mean, if you watch it, the announcers are all like, well, this is a no win. I mean, everyone knows who's going to get declared the victor here. And uh, the judges eventually ruled for the Korean. So Park Sihung won the match, even though he totally was destroyed in the match. And... It was totally a fix, and even though everyone knew, no one owned up, and and no one uh, was called out, and it was allowed to slide. Good Lord. And if you watch the video, you can see Park Si-hun himself is surprised by the fact that he wins, and, you know, Roy Jones Jr. went on to a great boxing career, uh, but it's a t- he was totally cheated, totally and absolutely yeah. cheated. Uh, so that was really kind of a sad situation there. And, and in nineteen, this is nineteen eighty-eight, right? Yes. Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson. <laughs> <clears throat> what? It wasn't supposed to do that. There might have been some doping. Doping. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that also. He had quite a chemical cocktail, if I recall. Oh yeah, he 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 was totally doping. And you know, the sad thing about he was a runner, and he had his he had his medal revoked, and. Uh, that put Carl Lewis into the gold after he lost his gold medal for track. Um, you know, this guy's a great runner, no doubt, and he ran faster than anyone has ever run. And I don't know if they had the drugs at the end of the track waiting for him to run to so he could do more drugs, but <laughs> he really was a good runner. And, he, yeah, he had his medal revoked. And his career, if you've, if you've read about Ben, has been nothing but doping, doping. He eventually got kicked out of the Olympics forever. Right. 
And then he, he worked as a Libyan coach for Gaddafi's son. So his son could get wow. into soccer and his son was ejected for doping. Wow. <laughs> you know, so like oh, everything is doping, doping. He was teaching his son how to dope. So Ben kind of only knows one way. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. sadly, you know, everything he's done has kind of failed since then. And uh, he's the big, the first big scandal of Olympic doping. And, you know, I like Wikipedia as much as everybody else does. It's a fun resource. But one thing I really found hilarious about the Wikipedia entry on Ben Johnson is that they list that he uh, spent most of the 90s living with his mother and sister in a basement apartment, uh, watching cartoons, The Roadrunner, and <laughs> movies. Oh. I'm like... Really? Yeah, Seriously? That's so sad. Your your entry is that he liked Roadrunner cartoons in the 90s? Oh, balls. Not cool. I don't, that's weird. I don't know who edits that. Wikipedia. But... Everybody edits that. That's <laughs> yeah, kind that's of the thing. Of the thing. Um, but maybe someone edited it in such a way that, that it would... The runner is a... Uh, he likes Roadrunner. Road yeah. You know, like someone was being like snarky there. Like, oh, he likes Roadrunner cartoons. I thought it was a little bit <laughs> weird. <laughs> Probably a good time to vandalize Wikipedia Olympic <laughs> entries just because everybody's about Olympics right now. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Sure. Also in 1988, um, the Olympic Commission refused to give North Korea the title of co-host. So uh, North Korea boycotted and a couple other nations joined him. So, Wow. Why yeah. would they be the co-host? Well, because they're Korea too. It used to be one country. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we move on to 1992 is in Barcelona, Spain. And they're all split at this point. Yeah, so your winter and summer Olympics are every two yeah, years. And so. I didn't even write down what the winter ones were. <sighs> we're about summer now, I figured. But if you guys well, want to mention something, that's fine. No, I mean. No. All right. <laughs> so, well, moving on, uh, 1996 is uh, Atlanta, Georgia in well, the United States. Well, wait then. Whoa. 1994 was the Winter Olympics. Olymp I call it Olympics. Olympic, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 1994 okay. was the Winter Olympics, and that was the Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan scandal. Oh, that's yeah. right. So, I mean, you really the can't skip the kneecapping. That's what I was thinking about. When you were talking about the German that was helping Jesse Owens in '36 oh, with the great yeah. sportsmanship, yeah, this <laughs> not, so much. Uh, yeah. not so much. Not so much. I hate you. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> but it, '94 Olympics, uh, the, the games had the best ratings ever on television. Yes, they did. And I think the first television games, televised games, were the 1936 games. Yeah. And I think that was yeah. part of. Uh, Hitler's whole idea that he would get on the airwaves and everything. Right. Yes. No one had a TV to watch it. <laughs> yeah, but... I know. Didn't help <laughs> right. so much, but you know, <laughs> you know, uh -huh. you know. If, yeah. if you're an alien, you're in outer space. You're you're catching yeah. those waves. You're gonna hear. Right. It... Hitler. Yeah. Wasn't that if you're the... Jodie Foster? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Contact. contact. I was like, oh my god. Okay. <laughs> Who is this Hitler? I'd like to meet him. He sounds like a great guy. <laughs> so 1996, Atlanta, Georgia. And this is the year of the Centennial Olympic Park bombing. Yes. By Eric Rudolph, Eric Robert Rudolph. And we're very sorry, Richard Jewell. 
Yeah. Yeah, Richard Jewell. The, the poor guy went through hell. Big fat security guard. Yeah, guy I mean, seriously though, it. dude, I feel terrible for no, a guy. No, he was. You have the whole yeah. government like saying you're. Yeah, that's right. Terrible. It has turned out to be some army of god douchebags. Yeah, yeah. Living Abortion in the doctor killer, He's bombed nurses uh-huh. and doctors. Yeah, what? Yeah. He's a hell of a human being. Killing yeah. in the name of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. Welcome to the South. <laughs> <laughs> well said, Tor. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, in 2000, the Olympics are in Sydney, Australia. I believe that was a fairly uneventful Olympics. Yeah, very uneventful. 2002, yeah. though, was like the Winter Winter Olympics. Which was the first held after 9-1-1. Well, this was the time when the, the figure skating judges voted against the Canadian in Paris. Yes. Remember that? I do. I mean, I actually watched it, and I was... They, they, uh, they voted for the other team, and it just... When, when you... If you've seen this, the Canadians, Jamie Sale... Uh, they they just did such a great job, right? And they should have won. And this is one of the few times where the IOC said, "Yep, they should have won," and they did. And I don't think they did it for the righteousness of the competition or whatever. But all any media was talking about was figure skating right. and Ferris figure skating and fixing and fixing. And so it's kind of cool that the media is starting to judge the Olympics on the judging right. because <laughs> that kind of fix with the with the boxing situations going on, they weren't they weren't gonna put. They up weren't for doing it. their job. Yeah, no, right. they weren't. And uh, and then they they awarded the award to the Canadian pairs, which basically did a perfect job. It was unbelievable. And uh, then I think they did it because then people would actually watch the speed skating and the downhill skiing, because <laughs> right. no one was even watching, and they were they were performing to empty stadiums, and mm-hmm. it was. Just highly entertaining. Oh, sure. But that was 2002. 2004. It's back in Athens, Greece. Yawn. Yeah. (laughs) Don't remember much about that one. Yeah, me neither. Which brings us to the 2006 Winter Olympics, which we're in. Turin? No, I forgot. Shroud of Turin? I I just have summer on my list. Shroud of Turin, Italy. I didn't know we were doing winter. (laughs) Oh, damn. Well, anyway, that brings us to 2008 in Beijing, China, which starts tonight uh, as we are... Well, Well, yeah. Opening ceremonies, right? Mm -hmm. Right, 888. Yeah. So, um, and this is... uh, It's been a very controversial... I mean, you know... Yeah. It's not often that you see uh, torchbearers mobbed. You know, or they try to grab the the torch away from you, or they have fake torch runners to, to distract <laughs> you from the real torch. They actually have a battery of silver iodide cannons around the arena because it's the rainy season in China to try to keep it from raining around the stadium. They're gonna if if clouds come in, they're gonna blast the clouds with silver iodide to make them heavier and bring the raindrops down before it gets close to the stadium. And then if wow. it does get close to the stadium, they're gonna wow. fly planes over and they're gonna inject some other chemical. I can't remember exactly what it is. Uh, and then they're gonna uh, make the raindrops go higher and, and less dense and So this is kind of the chemicals in the air. <laughs> yeah, there's they're yeah. seriously working hard on this. And you also, like for the last month or so, can only drive on one side. Or if your license yeah. plate is odd-numbered, you can drive this day. And even-numbered, you can drive yeah. that day to reduce wow. pollution. 
because they're trying to make it livable. <laughs> and I guess the, the world marathon champion has announced that he's not going to run the marathon. He's just going to do a shorter race because he doesn't want to screw up his lungs. Damn. <laughs> that, what a pussy. Well, yeah, give me a suck break. it up. Yeah, you can't. I can't breathe in a place like that for a few hours. <laughs> Maybe I'm but, from the Midwest, but come on. I mean, I guess apparently yeah, they did crap for a couple cowboy hours. Cowboy the fuck up. Apparently cowboy they up. did break ride up a an snowmobile plot. You know how much you're smoking if you ride a snowmobile? <laughs> <laughs> All those two cycles. Oh, yeah, they, 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 they broke up uh, an Al Qaeda plot. And uh, the Kaido was apparently planning to fly a plane into the stadium. Wow, did someone have a notebook? I, wow. I don't know, yeah. Right this... into the old bird's nest, huh? Yeah. I, they keep mentioning the I, bird's nest. This is weird-looking stadium that they have. That's right. I, oh. It, it's very unusual. That's it, right. It, the Chinese like bird's nests, don't they? Well, yeah. it looks very strange. It does, um, in fact, look like a bird's nest. It does. Yeah. Okay, I thought maybe you were talking about a headquarters or something. And I'm no, like, no, this is well, like talking about the stadium. Yeah, so. it looks like this kind of weird knotted mm -hmm. thing. No, I've seen pictures of it, and I'm you like, know. wow. What's always interesting is this is like if you go to the BBC uh, news webpage, they'll always have like this day in pictures or something, and they have one where you're looking at the bird's nest close up. You're looking at it from a few feet away from, you know, and basically yeah. you can't see it at all. There must be a contract oh. with Toho Studios for oh, some Godzilla kind of Godzilla. Yeah, there's got to be some kind of a bird Rodan yeah. nesting yeah. spot. I loved Rodan. <laughs> Rodan will lay a big cold one right in the middle of the bird's nest. That would be great. So... Uh, Apparently, the uh, Beijing residents are give, being given etiquette lessons because I guess I guess it's a rather crude populace and they spit a lot and everything and they kind of be trained how to be nice to foreigners. Dealing though, with so many people who speak different languages. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, okay. So you know, if you're in Beijing, enjoy. Yeah. If you're watching, hey. Oh, yeah. Look for in, the controversy. If you're in, I Beijing, will be looking for the controversy. If you're in Beijing, I'm guessing you can't download this podcast. And write so China letters, letters if you can. and ask why they're not all naked like Amanda Beard. That's right. <laughs> her yeah. PETA ad. Why is there no nudity? Nudity. Yeah. Amanda, yeah, I, I hate PETA just for that. They get great people to be naked for, don't wear fur, eat it. <laughs> I eat nothing but fur. <laughs> well, I guess that brings us to the end of our Olympic podcast. I think we've covered it. What what uh yeah. what number is this? Is this fifty five? Episode no, fifty six. Fifty six. Yeah. And if you can guess what episode fifty seven is about, I will eat my shoe. And we're not even going to give you any clues. <laughs> not a clue. Yeah. No, you got nothing. Mm -hmm. So, so good night from the heart of Scotty Nation and Tank Riot. Tankriot.com. Feedback at tankriot.com. Tank oh, that's email right. Address. Send us letters. We'll read yeah, them. You yeah. You know, we, you can contact us on the interweb, as the kids say. Yes. And we will be taking a road trip. To the B-Movie Festival in September. In Franklin, Indiana. We're accepting any funds you mail us. That's right. <laughs> and they uh, will be put, in a, they'll be put in a suitcase filled with ether and other <laughs> there's nothing. There's nothing more 
Horrible. If we get enough donations, we will send (laughs) updates from the road. That's all I'm saying. That's right. We will be there, Franklin. So get ready. Get ready. Lock your doors. (laughs) Good night. Oh, leave that in. That was good. Got any kids in your family? No. Did you ever do any time in prison? No. You know how to wear a car? Not yet, no. And you'll learn in class. Nothing in the world more helpless and irresponsible and depraved than a man in the depths of an ether binge.